0: Welcome to the Artist Academy Podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features Nashville-based artist, actress, and comedian, Elizabeth Donaldson. As you know, I'm a big fan of video, so you can imagine how much fun I was having geeking out over Elizabeth's video tips throughout this interview. I really loved getting a different perspective from someone who isn't just primarily an artist, but rather she's really more of an actress and comedian, which are professions that rely on a camera, communicating entertaining and having a stage presence is part of her job. And I think we can take so many great tips from this different perspective. If you're struggling with video or you just don't understand the benefits of learning it or how to do it or any of it, you're going to find this episode very beneficial. So let me know what you think of this week's episode with Elizabeth Donaldson. Hey guys, I'm here with Elizabeth and we're going to be chatting about video today. I was just talking to her before we got on here. I was scrolling on through Instagram Reels and I just came across her videos and she's hilarious. I hope <laughs> so but before we go, I put a link on here. So if you guys want to go check out a couple of her videos uh, before you ask some questions and whatnot, I think they would be worthwhile to go check them out. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Elizabeth. Yeah, you're so welcome. Could you start off by telling us? little bit about how, who you are and where you're located. And so you're a comedian and artist and all the things.
1: I do fricking all of it. I'm what they call in these days, a multi-hyphenate. So I'm an actress, you know, the thing that I've been doing for the vast majority of my life is acting. So I have been making a living from commercials, independent films, and all the different things that one would do as an actress for, gosh, over 20 years now. And that's, you know, the main thing that I was always the most excited about. And I was, I mean, I was acting before the internet was a thing. So, so I've been doing that for a very long time. And then when I moved to Nashville for a while, because the acting industry wasn't really it wasn't the way that it was here in the same way that it was in Los Angeles. So really kind of out of necessity, I had to figure out other ways to make money as a creative because, you know, I didn't go to college. I don't really know how to do other jobs. I know how to do a lot of jobs. I actually like at this point, I've taught myself a lot of things and, you know, work with pretty high level professionals. But at the time that I moved here, Instagram was super new. Everything was really new and I had to figure out how to make things work. So I got into designing clothes. And from that, I had to learn how to take pictures of the clothes. So, you know, cause I didn't have any money, no savings. I was working waiting tables and being like, how do I market myself? What do I do? And so this was before Instagram and Facebook marketing was even a thing, but I just sort of knew, okay. I was like, I don't have any money. But I need to market these clothes. So if I take a picture of this dress with my cell phone and then post it on the internet, then people are interested and then I make sales. And so I just sort of started learning in that capacity and then taking photos of the clothing. And then as I took more photos, people were like, oh, you're so good. Can you take my picture? So then because of that, I got into photography. And then also because I was making the clothes, I got into wardrobe styling. So started working as a wardrobe stylist on like really awesome videos. Like I've worked on videos with Dolly Parton and with Brad Paisley and Black Keys and all these really cool people. So that was really fun and learned a lot about, you know, that was really cool because I learned all this stuff about filmmaking, just being on sets and seeing the, like all the behind the scenes. And because... It's like when you're an actor, you can't ask as many questions behind the scenes as you can when you're there being a stylist, right? So when you're actually behind the camera, you're right next to the camera guys and you can get in there and you can ask things. So I was able to learn a lot more about filmmaking that way and then just bring all of that knowledge kind of 360 into social media (laughs) And, and creating content. So it's sort of like then, you know, ultimately acting is my thing and comedy is my favorite thing. So essentially have just learned how to take the skills of being a photographer, of being a stylist, you know, knowing how to tell stories with images, with styling, and then with writing and with comedy, and then take that all, put it into an Instagram reel. And there I am. (laughs) Oh, I love
0: this. I love it because you have a deeper understanding of of what makes someone watch a video and keep watching and just all of that from from a very different perspective. So I'd love to pick pick your brain about this this video thing. So I guess first off, how do you get your ideas? Because again, if if anybody has not seen her videos, go check them out, (laughs) use the link. And so you can see how out there they are and they they catch my attention and i'm like okay i'm entertained watching oh, your videos
1: awesome.
0: <laughs> where do I, you get your ideas
1: you know i think i've had this like concept and this thought or this viewpoint for a really long time is that i feel like you can be inspired by anything like literally anything and i think i just find that to be exceptionally true i kind of you know i walk around with my cell phone and i have several in my notes i have like tiktok ideas and instagram ideas and reels ideas and so i Really get a ton of ideas. They just strike me (laughs) at all times of the day. And I just sort of make sure to write them down. Or if I'm, you know, sometimes you have an idea that comes up because it's something's trending. Or sometimes you will like, you know, I'll watch other people's content and be like, oh, this would be a really funny character. But it's weird for me because I literally, my mind at all times is just like, bing, 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 bing. Like it's just, I'm an idea gal. Like it's just full of ideas. You could, if I was on a game show and they were like, okay, blue, go. Then I'd be like, okay, blue. But I think a more applicable way to say that, you know, because obviously people are watching and they want to learn and they're like, okay, cool. You have a lot of ideas, but what about me? (laughs) You know, and I think that the, the way that I cultivate that creativity is that I just don't make anything off limits. And I really give myself permission to create and permission to fail. I think that especially in the current environment of like Instagram content and people trying to make it and make videos and all this stuff, there's almost an overwhelming amount of like, do it with this music, do it with this thing. Here's this hack. Here's what's going to make your video go viral. La 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 la. And granted, some of those rules, like many of those rules are are somewhat applicable, But I find that sometimes when a person is trying really hard to follow rules, they suppress their own creativity. And so what I did, I think I came at it from a somewhat opposite approach of I just approached reels and video content from a perspective of how can I express myself and be creative and have fun and then posted them and posted them and posted them. And then as they sort of caught on, I learned to refine them in such a way that they like fit the rules that meet the algorithm. But I didn't like the first time that I ever had a video go like semi viral or go really well. I didn't approach it from the concept of like, how do I make a viral video? I just, there was a song that I heard and I love the song and I wanted to shoot something with like my nice, you know, my Sony camera and work on lighting. And I just had this idea that I wanted to execute. And then because I executed that idea really well, it was a really hard hitting video and it did really well. So what video I sort was of that? study Can my you... videos and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like people like that. Okay, I'll do more of that. But I just, I'm really lucky. Like I live in an environment, you know, I've kind of like everyone around me and all of my friends, they're just really supportive of all my ideas. And I never have anyone putting me down or putting down my ideas. And if they do, I'm like, get out of here. So I think if you... It's kind of like you have to like fertilize the soil in which your ideas grow. Like that's kind of cheesy, but it's true. So if you just allow yourself to create and let things happen and don't judge it and don't worry about it and like have fun with all of that, you're just going to find that you have a lot of ideas, you know? And I have a ton of ideas. Like I have like dumb comedy songs that I've written, like stuff that the internet has never seen that I had a lot of fun creating. And then I'm like, okay, well, we won't put that on the internet, you know? (laughs) So, but it just creates this like really fun environment where I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this is inspiring and that's cool. And, and, oh, this, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. And I feel like as you're creating and as you're consuming too, that the ideas kind of come as you're in the process. But I think for a lot of artists, they kind of look on the outside and they're like, Oh no, I could not do that. But it's hard for the creativity to flow when you're just looking from it from the outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you're in it. So you, you're you're getting all these ideas. And so I think that's the first step in it. It's to just, just to to get into it.
1: You do. You have to just kind of jump in the stream. I tell everybody that, especially as somebody who is like pretty, you know, entirely self-taught and like didn't, I didn't go to school and I didn't do any of these things. And I was just like, Okay, well, I think I think a lot of people are sort of like, when I finish this training or once I do this thing, or once I do that, or once this web page is perfect, or once I learn how to use this editing software, then I can. And I'm like, bro, you learn how to use the editing software by just editing, you know. Like I used to edit, I used to direct music videos mostly for independent people. But the first time I ever learned how to use, what is it, Adobe Premiere, which is like, you know, the fancy editing software. It was literally because I was, it was a paid project and I was getting paid and I had to finish the video and I'd never used this software before. And I was like, well, better learn, (laughs) you know, like, and I think that there's like, for me, it was just this necessity level thing. And it's ironic because many people are like, well, I can't charge until I learn. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can, (laughs) (laughs) if you put targets there, you know, you'll have necessity.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's there's one video specifically that sticks out in my mind. You were in a bikini in the snow outside. Yes. So how and I'm like, man, like I love that you posted that. How do you get the confidence to post? I know you have a good support group and whatnot. Sure. So that's like, cause that's one that's like out there, but I love yeah. it. So we're we, whenever you're pressing that button, are you like, ooh, okay, like what is mom gonna say? Or what what what's going through your mind?
1: I mean, again, mom won't say anything. Like, or I mean, my parents share my videos and I think about this almost on a daily basis, like on a regular daily basis about having, creating an environment in your life where the people who are close to you are not going to put you down is vital to any dream and goal that you have in your life. And I remember at, when I was like 20, which is like 20 years ago, my dad, I was in LA and I was on the phone with my dad. And he was like, Hey, talking to me about like finding a plan B, you know, like if this acting thing doesn't work out and like, you know, maybe you should go and go to have a plan B and blah, blah, blah. And I said to him really with like so much love, so much love. It wasn't, I mean, I love my parents. I am very blessed. My parents are incredible, but I just said, Hey, so here's the deal. This is what I want to do with my life. And this is what I'll be doing. And I need you guys to support me. And if we have conversations where you don't, then we're just going to be talking less period. And so I think that many people are held back by the opinions of other people and they like worry about that and it holds them back and it stops them. And they're like, you know, like what will my friend think? Or what will this person think? And my viewpoint is more along the lines of like, If you're not, I have very close, trusted friends who I know would reel me in. Like if I did something, because I think, especially in comedy, there's like sometimes I, you know, you feel like you're dancing on a line, or you're like, because I'm always very mindful of I don't want to do something that's offensive or creates a negative effect or would be hurtful and I'm always sort of conscious of that and I and I have friends who sometimes I'll be a sounding board I'll be like hey I want to post this thing do you think that this is reading correctly do you think is this coming across as offensive to you do you think that this would offend anyone blah 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 and they'll like like I have very trusted people who I can use as a sounding board but when it comes to people who want to be critics when they're not in these streets like doing this stuff I'm like yo like I don't care and if you want to be like if you are a critic of me you just won't we're not going to be friends. (laughs) Like I'm pretty ruthless about it. I mean, it's like, it sounds intense, but I think that that, that making sure that you don't have naysayers in your life is like super important, whether you're an entrepreneur, you know what I mean? Cause like, let's say somebody's like, I'm going to start this business. Like I'm going to sell these clothes. And if you have people who are like, well, really honey, I mean, is that going to work? Then you're going to adopt that voice and be like, Oh shit. Like, is it going to work? So yeah, I'm intense about it.
0: I love that and I feel like that's what you need to be because people will mirror what you're giving them. You know, if you're if you're confident about it, they'll they'll be more confident about it. What you're saying too is like I've noticed that every viral or even semi-viral video comes with some kids on TikTok that kind of are like kind of snooty. So to those, you basically just shrug them off, right? Cuz they're just kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a video that went kind of viral on TikTok that was like went into a creepy, like chauvinistic space of TikTok. And I was getting hundreds and hundreds, like hundreds of comments that were really derogatory. I won't even, I'm not even going to repeat them, but just like, trust me, they were extremely derogatory. And it was weird at first. I was like, I went through it, like quickly went through a range of emotions on it, you know? And then I was just kind of like, well, is what it is, you know? And I guess for me, I sort of look at it this way is that any job you do, there's parts of it that you don't like, you know, like If you work a nine to five, you're going to have that coworker that's kind of annoying or your boss is going to be annoying. There's going to be aspects of it like nothing. And I say, this as somebody who loves my life. I love my job. I love, I feel so exhilarated on a regular basis and grateful to be able to do what I do and create art, you know, full-time, but there's parts of it that aren't my favorite. And so I just look at it of, okay, this is the part that I don't like, (laughs) you know, and either Either you don't like it to the degree that you're like, you know what, like this actually, I really don't like this and I don't want to ever experience this. So maybe I should pivot and do some sort of different thing career wise or change the tune of what I'm doing or set up structures that make sure that I don't like be on the receiving end of this sort of communication. Or you're like, well, haters going to (laughs) hate, you know, (laughs) like, and I think too, when you're out there. You know, if you think about it, like 10% of people are jerks, right? Like theoretically. That's like 90% of people are awesome. You know, like 90% of people are going to be so cool. But sometimes that 10% or like 15% of people who are jerks will get in your atmosphere. And because they're so mean, it feels like a hundred percent. But if you look back and you're like, actually, like I get so many nice messages and all these cool people. So I try to just look at it that way and be like, Okay. I also have friends. Like I had a friend who's a plus-size influencer and she went viral on TikTok and Reddit and Twitter and people were writing her like I hope you die. You know like and so she and I were talking about I was like, "Yeah, I went viral on TikTok and had all these mean comments." And she was like, "Oh, honey, like you don't even know." <laughs> like so that was humbling and also when you put yourself out there, you're attracting a lot of attention, right? So maybe If you're only attracting the attention of 10 people, you're just going to have one jerk. But if you're attracting the attention of 10,000 people, well, then that's like a thousand jerks, you know, like, so this is a lot more jerks, but also a lot of nice people too. So,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about how you make your videos. Do you record on your phone and then how do you edit? And is there any kind of strategy you're thinking while you're making the video, like the actual video, like you do two seconds of this and do two seconds of that, or sure. what goes on in your head?
1: Okay. I'm going to answer that in a multifaceted way because I'm kind of loose with how I, like, I would say that each video is shot and approached differently depending on the type of communication that I'm trying to do. But for the purpose of like teaching people and like helping people out, I'll, I'll give some of some key things that really help me. I would say I shoot about 90% of my content on my phone just cause it's, it's easy. And I'm not like, if, you know, as somebody who's a writer and like, you know, I'm working on some short films and you know, like a, a TV pilot and things like that, I'm going to take time and I'm going to hire a crew and we're going to shoot those really nice. But for Instagram, I'm just like, I, we can just do this on my phone, you know? Also with my phone you have access to all the different apps that are on there so if i want to add like a cool filter or subtitles or do different things it's just the workflow process is faster for me when i do it on my phone so whereas if i had to shoot it on my nice camera and then upload all the footage and then take it into final cut like there's even if you're just doing a 15 second thing if you're shooting it on an outside camera and editing it on your computer it's just going to take you like 2 to 5 or more hours. It just is, you know? So I shoot almost everything on my phone with a tripod. And then it just kind of depends. Like some, some things just come to me in the moment where I'm like, Oh, this idea, you know, <laughs> and, and I'll create something. Sometimes I'll have an idea of a character. Like for instance, the snow video that you saw, the Wim Hop video, it was snowing, right? I dated a guy who was into the Wim Hof method. So that's kind of how, which if it's anybody who's watching who doesn't know, there's a guy by the name of Wim Hof and he's into cold water immersion and breathing exercises that are good for your health. So that's that on that. And so I knew about it. And then because I like, just in consuming content, I always have characters that just sort of live in my head. Like these little, they're like kind of unformed, you know, like little little zygotes or little embryo, whatever you want to call them that are like living in there waiting to be born. And I have a lot of wigs. So I had already had this concept in my head of like, I wanted to create a character that's kind of like a hippie dippy holistic influencer, but kind of funny. And then that day it was snowing and it was like really snow. It was like 23 degrees in Nashville and like a really intense snowstorm. And so I was like, Oh my God, I, I got to go out and make some content. And then I just like, it just hit me. Like literally just, it was like, I didn't think about it beforehand. It's not like I knew that it was going to snow when I knew I was going to make the skit. I was just like, snow, me, wig, Wim Hof, you know? <laughs> like it just all came together. So then I went out and put my camera on the tripod. And then I also knew because it was, with that particular skit, it was 23 degrees outside. So the things that I did before I went outside is that I checked... Google to see how long it takes to get frostbite because I didn't want to physically harm myself to make my skit. And so I was like, and then I checked a couple other things so that I knew that I had to get it done in about a three minute span. I was like, my body's going to be able to be sitting in the snow with bare feet for about five minutes. So I just, I'm going to do this. So then I just improved it. I have a technique where like, I'll create a character And then I just do the thing and I kind of have in my head loose moments like, okay, it's going to be funny if I breathe. It's going to be funny if I do this, this will be funny. And then I have an editing style where you just shoot one long take. So I shot one take that was three minutes long and then I go in and this is very specific for comedy, but I think that it also works. It's applicable to a lot of different fields is I make the editing very tight. Like each moment, I find that sometimes even shaving off a 10th of a second or like just making those cuts as tight and quick as they can be just makes it funny. Like, and the difference between a 10th of a second can make something funny or not funny. And so I would also guess that if you were marketing clothing or if you were talking about your business, like, especially for Instagram, cause it's such a like pew pew type medium that you want things to like snap. So I filmed it. And then I got halfway through editing it. And then it was like, I was like, man, there's just like a couple more ideas. And it was so, <laughs> it was such a bummer on that one. Cause I'd warmed up and I was like, did not want to go back out in the snow. Like it was so cold, but I was like, man, but I got to have a part where she's standing up and like, I have to have this part. So then I went back out and shot one more take with like the new ideas. And then I edit it that way. So that's one way that I create videos. Sometimes I'll have an idea that is a little more defined. Like I made this one, you know, when the, you know, when the CDC, when everybody was making like the CDC says jokes (laughs) and like, I thought that was really funny. So I had this idea of that. It would be really funny to be a a fake newscaster and make something that was like the CDC says, and just making a whole list of lyrics from nineties hip hop songs. Like the Humpty dance is your chance to do the hump. Cause I was like, Oh, this is great. Like this will be really funny. And that was actually one of my most popular real, like, I think it's my most shared reel of all time. And that one was a very different style because I had the idea and then I was like, okay, cool. And then I went and did research and I researched the song lyrics, found the best ones, typed it up, like actually wrote it like as a writer on my computer. And then I used this app that's called big view, which is a subtitles app, which is amazing or okay. not a subtitles. It's a teleprompter app. Big View, B I G, V U, recommend it to anyone. And you can like adjust the speed and do different things. So then I'll write the script and then like look at it and make sure that all the jokes are tight. And then specifically for ones that I'm writing in that way, or even when I'm editing them, I make sure that the jokes hit within the first 15 seconds. Like for instance, if I have something that I make and the punchline, doesn't hit till like 17 seconds or doesn't hit till 16 seconds. And then someone sees the reel and shares it on their Instagram story, then like all of the people who see that reel won't really get a full understanding of like why it's hilarious. That's so smart. yeah, I'm really intense about that. And so sometimes i tweak things in editing, or I'll speed up in InShot is the editing app that I use. And you can speed up the speed, but you can also hit this button that keeps your voice tone the same. Now, if you speed it up too much, it gets a little weird (laughs) because you're just like talking really fast. But sometimes I'll do it like the teleprompter app that I use is very helpful because it will tell you how long it is. So sometimes I'll do take after take after take. And if I have to adjust my delivery and make it a little faster so that like the first punchline hits in that first 15 seconds, then I'll do that. So it's very methodical, but it's funny because I would say that I arrived at that point. Like I always let my inspiration, just to kind of bring it back around to the first question, I let my inspiration be the first thing. Like I just let my inspiration be uninhibited and free. And then once the idea is out, then I worry about how I can trim it down to make sure that it's like the most algorithmically friendly, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I love how specific you got too. So even with the shaving it down and making it really short to where the punchline hits and before the 15 seconds and all that, love
1: it. I, that stuff is huge. It's like, I would say that's like, it's a big thing. Like some people, for instance, will do they'll have a reel. And then it's like the first three seconds are just like blackness or a title or some intro that nobody cares about or hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. And it's, I'm just kind of like, it's like a lean steak. You know what I mean? You want to trim all the fat off. Now it's different. If you were making a short film, you can like take a minute. Like if it's a feature film, if it's a full length movie, You can milk that intro and have it be like, you know, five minutes of blackness with like strange breathing noises. But for Instagram, you know, like you don't have the audience in the theater. Like they're just, they're consuming things quickly.
0: So true. What are some good tips on how to get someone's attention really quickly? Maybe like big movements or what, what do you do? Do Or do you state what the video is going to be about or?
1: That's a good question. I think, I mean, my content's very specific because it's, it's comedy So, but I mean, I do like manage other accounts here. Let me like, I'm going to like look at my reels and then be like, okay, what did I do in this one? Yeah, Because sometimes I do reels that are more like training style. So sometimes I'll state exactly what it's going to be about. Like I did a video that was all about tips on posing, right? So I was like, hey, this is like, I'm Elizabeth Donaldson. I think I stated really quickly, like, I'm Elizabeth, I'm an actress, I'm an actress, a model, and a photographer, and I'm gonna show you how to pose. And I just sort of made sure that that I stated very quickly in the most concise way possible, with the viewpoint of like someone else watching it who had no idea who I was. And then I was like, okay, this is why you should believe me. Like, this is why yeah. I'm gonna teach you something. And then actually got into the first step on like how, <laughs> what am I doing? Showing them how to pose within that first 15 seconds. But I think the best, the most basic and simple way that I could say it for people is you have to think of your content through the lens of the person who's watching it. And I think that the problem that many people have, or the reason they run into trouble is they're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the person watching it. And if you just start thinking about like how you want to create, like what effect do I want to create on the intended audience? And then you just sort of scale it back from that and figure out like, okay, that's how I'm going to create that effect. Then it works. And so you could even do that with, I mean, I don't know what the specifics are of people in your audience or the people watching this, but let's say you were selling...
0: Maybe like a painting. So you're selling art or like a painting.
1: Okay, got it. So you're selling art. Then maybe it would be like how I maybe you have a certain technique, right? Like a certain painting technique that people always ask you about. So your reel could be in that situation. It's really cool because you don't even have to have your face there. You know what I mean? It's like art becomes a different thing. You can just have a very clear title, like how I created this texture. And then, I mean, man, art videos, because like I love watching like how I made it videos or process videos. Like I find those to be so satisfying or like, you know, when people do the camera up top, art's almost a whole different thing because it's like all of a sudden the way that you create it and express it can be really different. I have a friend who's an artist and he does these videos where he shows like the sketch and then he just taps his pen and then it like shows the final thing. And like, I find that to be really satisfying to watch. So I think it's just, you just sort of want to clearly state or show what you're doing or just have like a fast moving thing. But I think there's a million different ways that you can catch someone's attention. You can catch their attention with noise, with impact, with color, with a fast cut, with a title, with an interesting. I mean, I don't I don't like those people that are like stop scrolling. <laughs> you know, but like but for instance with the Wim Hof video that you saw that like you know that video did extremely well. It was funny, but also the, like the biggest hook is that I was like in a bikini in the snow being weird. So even without, you know, I always try to run myself through all the possible scenarios of like, okay, what if the person's watching this with no sound? Will it still impact? Because I have friends, like I have a friend who just had a baby and she's like, the only time I can watch stories and reels is like at night. And sometimes I wake up and I can't sleep. And then I watch Instagram content, but I have to watch it with the sound off. And then she wrote this like, please, she was like, please add subtitles because I really <laughs> want, I really need your stories. So I just sort of think about it like, okay, it's almost like, I guess if, if you wanted to be really methodical about it, you could make a list for yourself if you wanted to, you can also be free. I'm like very free and easy, but I've also been doing this stuff for a long time. So the list is kind of in my head, you know, but will this communicate to someone if there's no sound, will this communicate to someone if they're just like scrolling, will this? And so I think I'm always thinking of like, instead of all the tips and tricks that Instagram gives you, because Sure. There's things like five seconds, 15 seconds. There's all these things that people will tell you. But I think the ultimate thing that's like the undercut to all of that is what message do I want the intended audience to receive? And will this video communicate that message to them?
0: That's great. Yeah. And one of the main things that I'm getting from you you keep you keep saying fast, quick and all of that. And so yeah. what I've seen from just watching some some artists do videos, they'll start it out well they they have the camera in front of them and which is great they're showing their face but they're like yeah. hey guys, so this is what I'm doing and they kind of start out really slow but so I'm like if that's you maybe like just like quick like edit that shit out, cut it out totally and start
1: it fast. Totally. cuz it's also like I mean, you know, people take it really personally and but a lot of times, like people just don't have, when they're on specifically on Instagram, people just do not have time to listen to your like 15 second rambly preamble. You know what I mean? Like they just may not. Cause I mean, I think about like sometimes, and I'm really bad. I mean, I'm like, but sometimes like I consume Instagram in the grocery store line, you know, like I consume Instagram at a stoplight, which I shouldn't, and I don't recommend it, but or people consume Instagram in bed, but it's, it's a very specific format where like when someone's sitting down to watch a TV show, they're like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. But when someone's on Instagram, it's like, you know, catch them if you can. So yeah, I definitely agree. Like, and with art, it could even be as simple as like, here's my new painting. <laughs> yeah. It is simple. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or if you, like, sometimes you could put a title on the bottom, you know, like a nice, bold, readable in the center title. That's like how I blah, 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 or the story behind the painting. Oh yeah. So then if somebody was like, Hey, then if, if you rambled a little bit, if it was like, so when I made this painting, you know, my grandma used to love to give me peonies when I was a little girl and those flowers mean a lot to me and blah, blah, blah. Then it's fine. If you're being kind of rambly because the title already told everybody. Hey, story time. So if you're just kind of, I just think that like clarity of message and knowing the format. I mean, a reel essentially is a lot like a commercial, like a television commercial, right? And granted, television commercials can be really annoying. And I can't say that like many of them suck. And I'm like, how did they pay these people to make this (laughs) terrible thing? Like, I'm never going to buy this product. I'm very disinterested. So I'm not saying that every commercial you ever watch is like what you should aspire to be. But if you think of all the commercials that you've watched that are fantastic, all of the f- your favorite commercials that you've watched, and there's a wide variety, there's funny commercials, there's touching commercials, there's, you can consider that there's many different formats of commercials that work well, but the thing that they all do well is that they capture a lot of attention and communicate a message in a period of space that's from 15 to 30 seconds. A reel can be up to 60 seconds. So you know, those advertisers are onto something there. (laughs) Like, and some, if you think of like, for instance, if you think of Apple, their commercials don't exactly tell you a story, but they entertain you with like super exciting visuals and dance moves and like cool music and stuff like that. So that's one advertising technique. Right. And then you think of like those commercials that like tell it, you know, were the Werther's original commercials, where it's like the little boy and his grandma, like have this share, this love and special moment together around this candy. And those ones are kind of touching, but like, man, like they really tell a whole story. Like they really do a whole thing in like 30 seconds. Cause that 30 seconds cost them millions of dollars. You know, <laughs> A
0: lot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> I think it's also important to delineate that I don't think that thinking of it like a commercial means that you need to sell something because I think selling is bad. Okay. Um,
0: So you're more looking to entertain than sell? Or
1: tell a story. Okay. You're just looking to like to deliver a very clear story or concept. Cause it doesn't even have to be a full story, right? Like, like it could be just an, an art is a really exciting art form because a lot of times with art, it's like the painting is the concept. You know what I mean? So yeah. you don't need to reinvent the wheel. So like if you were going to show a process video or show your painting, to me that feels a little more like, like when Apple is coming out with a new iPhone and they have all those videos of like cool people dancing with the iPhone. It's like, it's more conceptual. Whereas like if I'm making a comedy video or doing other things that can be a little more of like a beginning, middle and end with it. So I think there's a lot of ways to do it, but you're just, you're really delivering a clear concept and thinking with your audience.
0: True. So yeah. I'm getting the idea that there, there's a lot of energy that's put behind this, and I I love to create video as well, and I, I love to try out new things. Like I'm just like you. Yeah. But a lot of people who are listening would much rather paint. So they're like, okay, is it worth it to make all this video? What successes have you seen from creating video? So like they they've reached a certain audience. Have you gotten jobs from it, or what's a good reason people should put the effort in?
1: this reason. I mean, I consider Instagram, like the marketing that I do on social media to be, it's my PR and marketing department period. And there's a direct, I'm like a, I'm a maniac. I keep statistics on everything. I was telling my friend, I've been keeping statistics for almost 20 years now, not on Instagram, but like on, you know, my income, my promotion different areas of my life. And so, and I keep statistics for social media, not on the analytics, not on like how many likes is this getting or how is it performing? But I keep statistics on how many posts that I do, how many reels that I post, which is kind of cool because that pulls you out of the, like, how is this performing? And just puts it at like, okay, the areas that I can control, how am I delivering on these? And for me straight up, like it's my graph of promotion that I do on social media looks just like my graph of income period. So for me, it's really black and white of like, yo, dude, like you want to make money? (laughs) You want to like, and I liken it to if you worked at, you know, for me, I kind of have no choice. Like I work for myself. I'm a full-time freelancer. And if I don't work, then I don't eat straight up. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like there's no like secret stash. So the way that I look at it, it's kind of like if you had a company and your marketing guy was just like, uh, I just am not feeling it today. Like he'd be fired. You know what I mean? Or like, or if you decided if you worked at the bank or you worked at the grocery store and every day that you just like didn't feel like it or didn't feel inspired, you just didn't go to work. Well, then like you'd literally be starving and evicted, you know, <laughs> like, so for me, I think I have that sort of built-in discipline of knowing that I, ha- and I monitor it and granted, listen, I take a break sometimes and I have some weeks that are off. I have weeks that I'm not inspired. I have periods of time that my content is like really good. And then periods of time where it's not as good. I have times like weeks where I'm like, yes, like this was a great week. And then the next week, you know, I look at my graph and I'm like, oh my God, I got all this shit. Like for instance, this week that I just had, cause I do my stats every Monday, I think that my shares the week before were like really high. Like I had like 500 shares or something. And then this week I had like 20 shares. And I just was like, okay, well, whatever. Like it just wasn't as good of a week. And I just don't think much about it, except for like, okay, great. Well, I was busy catching up on edits and doing different things. And so I couldn't be as on point with like my creative promotion. But I do keep in that discipline of making sure that I continue to create stuff. And for me, because of the content that I create, like it's literally why I have a career. I honestly think that if, I mean, maybe at this point, no, I honestly think that if I stopped, that I'd be in serious financial danger. Wow. So for yeah. me, it's kind of like, <laughs> like I'm very, that to, for me, that takes all the emotion out of it. And I, and I really, really, really deeply believe that if every creative made a commitment to, work on their promotion and marketing. And if they just observed and believed and knew that if you just take all of the emotion and all of the weirdness, I mean, listen, Instagram has a lot of weird or social media has so many terrible things. It's there's so many awful aspects of it. But if you could just push all that to the side and just sort of go after it as like, okay, this is my marketing. How can I create, how can I have fun marketing myself? And if you had the discipline to keep doing it consistently for like two, three months, consistently, like I'd be willing to freaking bet my firstborn child on it. that like people who consistently did it would find themselves in a radically improved position. They'd be making more sales. They'd be, you know, it would just, unless they just were truly terrible, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah and if so try try again (laughs) because eventually
1: you'll get (laughs) somewhere and if so then hey maybe that's how you learn like and another thing that I do feel is important to say is that some people maybe they're totally satisfied and happy having like a job a stable job that pays the money like I have a friend who she has a marketing job it's a stable job She loves it. And then she creates a lot of content outside of that. And it's incredible. And she's having a lot of success with that. And people some often ask her, well, why don't you do this full-time or why don't you become a full-time content creator? And for her, she's like, honestly, I like the stability of my job. And I think that that's okay too, because being an entrepreneur is really stressful. So I just want to make sure that I leave space there to say, Hey, if you don't want to like, do the dog and pony show and you just want to like paint your paintings and share them on Instagram for your friends and do something that's organic and do it when you feel like it and not put all that pressure on yourself. Like that's 100% and completely fine. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. And I just think that's important to state.
0: <laughs> I totally agree. It takes the pressure off of your creativity because like, I think when you get to a painting to sell, it can kind of turn into something else and you can kind of tell that that sales is behind it. and It takes the fun out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It can suck everything right out of it. I think that's why the statistics help me because instead of thinking like, did I make a reel that was popular? I can just go like, did I make a reel? or did I create something. And so then my focus can be on like how do I create an environment that fuels me creatively? How can I create an environment? Because what I observe too sometimes is sometimes my statistics, that's what I love about keeping statistics. Sometimes I can be like, "Oh, well this week I focused on this thing. Like usually the the weeks that I have that are really going off, that I'm having a lot of success, it's because my environment was really fostering my creativity." And I was on fire and I was inspired and I was creating things. So it's kind of helpful for me to w- usually when I'm making a correction or trying to like increase my statistics, it usually has to do with like things like, Oh, well, you know, like this week I really, w- I didn't get enough sleep and then I burnt out and then I ran out of ideas. And then I like, Oh, and then I was hung over that one day, which not like I'm, I'm not like a boozer. I have I'm like, I'm a big lightweight and I have like, on the weekends, I can have like, I allow myself two drinks and sometimes even two drinks, like the next morning, I'm like, oh gosh. (laughs) So I don't want to make people think that I'm like out there boozing it up. But you know, you can have various factors or sometimes it's like, oh, my family came into town and blah, blah, blah. So you can just become more aware of the things in your life that will foster your best creativity. And so I think that, you know, pursuing, I'm really into self-improvement and like continued education and working on, you know, doing things that improve myself. So I think it's really important to have things that are sort of very much outside of the more that you sort of, you know, fertilize the soil, the more that you're going to feel inspired. And so if you're feeling uninspired, then sometimes it's like, okay, let me pull back and like, what do I need to, you know what I mean? Like, how do I fertilize the soil?
0: Yeah, so too. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's a great ending point on it. So go out and fertilize the soil, guys. Go yeah, fertilize it. the soil. The fertilize it. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for coming on and taking almost an hour of your time to explain all of this and just give a, give a different point of view. We we have a lot of artists on, but I, this is my first comedian slash actress. And I I just love having a slightly different take, but seeing how it's all very similar as well. And you're so inspiring and everybody should go follow her and watch your videos. and <laughs> Because I think that, into is fertilizing the soil, going and watching other people's content that inspires you to help think of ideas. And if anybody else wants to go out into the snow in their bikini, I'd love to see it and tag Elizabeth.
1: (laughs) Please do. Please tag me. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It was an absolute pleasure.
0: For sure. Thank you again. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy Podcast. And if you like hearing interviews, Just like this in your ear, if they inspire you, then I want to encourage you to go download the audible version of my new book, Mural Money. It's a condensed version of basically all of the best of the best tips given here on the podcast from guests, plus my own words of wisdom to help you get started in any art industry plus stories of some hard lessons learned that I have never told before. You can pick up a copy at muralmoney.com. And again, I highly recommend the Audible version. I put a lot of tender love and care to make sure the Audible was extra special. It had some extra goodness in there. And it's really for any artist, but especially those wanting to make a profit from a paintbrush. Muralmoney.com. That's it. I'll see you next week.